At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. If you're 21 years old and use nicotine or tobacco, I'm here to tell you about Black Buffalo and how it's redefining tradition for millions of adult consumers. So if you're over 21, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults aged 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. On the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Credit to Washington, credit to Coach Rivera. Uh, They came in here, uh, played an excellent game, played very much the way that they played last week against Tampa Bay. They were able to run the football against us. Uh, They were excellent on third down. Offensively, I thought we had some good moments, but uh, it was really a tale of penalties and then uh, third down conversion not being what it needs to be. So just uh, obviously a disappointing loss for us uh, versus a quality team. And now, along with Jim Zoki and Eugene Robinson, here's Mick Mixon with Panther Talk, live from the Panthers broadcast facility at Bank of America Stadium. We have a desk, we have microphones, we have Eugene to my right, Bazook to his right, Mm. head coach of the Panthers, Matt Rule, joins us now by telephone and perhaps Zoom technology. Coach, uh, thanks for your time as always. Like to start tonight with your uh, your film study of the game yesterday. What did you see when you went back and reviewed every every nuance of it, both from a, a positive standpoint and from some areas for potential improvement for your team? Well, you know, I think um, uh, obviously it was was not a very good game uh, defensively. It was probably the worst game that we've played in quite some time. Uh, you know, allowing 190 uh, 190 rushing yards and not being able to get off the field on third down. Um, we had him in third and twenty one at one point, let that get converted. So. I think everyone in the building knows we're a better defense than that. Disappointed in the way that we played, you know, offensively. Thought we had some good moments. The opening drive was excellent. Um, the drive to start the fourth quarter was excellent. Didn't have a lot of, uh, you know, uh, at bats. Um, you know, they did a great job of staying on the field and keeping our offense on the sideline. So we had to take better advantage of the opportunities we did have. You know, too many penalties on offense. And at the end of the day. You know, despite everything, we still had two chances at the end of the game to go down and, and, and you know, tie or win the game, and we're not able to do that. So uh, a disappointing day, um, but uh, one that we certainly hope we can learn from. Coach, you mentioned that the wide zone was problematic, and also Morgan Fox, he mentioned a little bit about the wide zone being problematic and not guys executing. Could you elaborate a little bit further on what you mean by the wide zone being a little bit problematic? Yeah, you know, um, when teams are wide zone teams, you know, they hand the ball to the tailback. He's running for the outside leg of the tight end. Um, these guys did it with, with pretty much emotion on every play, trying to confuse us and get our eyes out of our gaps. Um, you know, if, if one guy's out of his gap, the ball carrier on his, on his way to the tight end will, will cut up in that. Uh, it's a run scheme that we run a lot that we're usually pretty good against. Um, uh, just didn't play it very well. Um, you know, I thought Phil 
cycle through the playbook. You know, we blitzed it. We, we eight man fronted it. We, we mm. played man to it. We played zone to it. And um, at the end of the day, you know, uh, just, just weren't able to secure the gaps enough it was on each play was really one guy, not in his gap. And um, that's uh, you know, you're not going to stop them when you do that. So d- disappointed in the way that we played it uh, completely unacceptable for us to play, you know, defense like that. Um, I think everyone in the building feels that way. On that wide zone, coach, is that the uh, is that the responsibility of the running back on the offensive side of the ball to find that open gap? Yeah, you know, typically he'll 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 start running that D or C gap, and then kind of you know eliminate it one gap at a time as the defensive end widens. He'll look to cut it up, and then he'll cut off the three technique or the you know D tackle. So um, they're trying to circle the defense. As you as you run for width to prevent them from circling the defense, you'll typically cut it up. Um, and they hurt us, you know. They hurt us getting to the edge. They hurt us cutting the ball up. It was uh, just just not a good enough day. Stay with defense here for a moment since we're on that topic. And uh, obviously, Dante Jackson not the kind of game he wanted to have. And talk about uh, communications issues and some things back there. What were some of the things in particular? Some of the nuances that that weren't being taken care of in the secondary yesterday. We just didn't play very good man coverage. Um, we didn't have our eyes on our guy. We look looking back at the quarterback, and uh, we got hurt too many times in man coverage. Um, you know, there, there might have been some communication errors, you know, at times, but none of that that really hurt us. At the end of the day, uh, we we could not get off the field on third down, and um, you know, we do we did what we normally do. We went out there, we brought pressure, we played man coverage, and um, I just didn't win enough. Coach, you've been here before building uh, programs, and it can be, um, you know, growth uh, can be challenging, painful in a way. Uh, What in your mind will the next steps be to to get the 2021 Panthers to finish the season with the consistency of of play that you're desirous of? Well, we have to go into every game and understand that uh, we're going to get people's best. Um, We have to understand that there are no easy games in the NFL that you have to play your absolute best for 60 minutes to have a chance to win. And when we've had an edge, when we were at Atlanta home versus saints, when we were at Arizona, we did that. Um, uh, That's, that's this league. Um, So I think if we, if we just have that approach, uh, a mature approach, where each and every week, we know that it's not going to be easy. We know that, you know, we know that it's going to be hard, that we have to play our best. Um, we have to prepare at a high level. We have to get to the game. And uh, when bad things happen, we have to respond. When good things happen, we have to keep moving forward and uh, just always keep it football. And so that's the consistency that we're looking for. Um, that's where we have to head. And, Coach, with the explosiveness of uh, Christian McCaffrey and also with the explosiveness of, of uh, Cam Newton, what are you getting from that combination of being able to go ahead and do the read ride option and then throw the ball? You know, or um, throw the ball. I'm sorry. I think the, yeah, yeah. I think all the um, the read options, the power reads, and all that can keep defenses at bay. You know, obviously that then leads to the uh, you know the touchdown that we threw to Christian down the seam, you know, off the read option to Amir. So I thought I thought uh, that creativity will only grow as Cam has more time. Uh, you know, in the offense, um, I think the ability to throw the ball to Christian on third down and get first downs is excellent. Um, so. Uh, that's um, that's the direction that we have to go, and so um, uh, I, I think it's it, it's it's going to it's, it's something I think will bear a lot of fruit here as we move forward. I think um, uh, you know what Cam did last week, you know, on a short week is, is really hard to do, or you know, a short amount of time preparing is really hard to do, and 
hopefully each week we'll see him continue to you know grow and grow and grow and that will you know increase Christian's output, DJ's output, Robbie's output, many more. Every, you rule on Panther Talk. Go ahead. Yeah, Tom. sure. Every week, uh, your offensive line depth is is tested with injuries, and again with a daily yesterday. But uh, by all accounts, it sounds like uh, the rookie Brady Christensen uh, came and played well, graded out well. Have, have you seen that growth in practice? Uh, in addition to how he played in the game yesterday. Yeah, Brady. Brady's a worker. He just keeps getting better. You know, he, in practice, he plays right tackle, right guard, left guard, left tackle. You know, having to go in the game at left tackle. Um, I thought he competed. He um, performed and um, you know didn't even really notice him out there, which is a positive. How's Jermaine Carter playing for you, Coach? Jermaine gives great effort, um, does a lot of really good things, uh, really needs um, – you know, to be quite honest with me, I think, I think you know, he, we struggled up front in front of him this past game. I thought he had to navigate a, a lot of things, but um, – I think Jermaine's doing a good job for us, and uh, I would expect him to continue to. And, and Coach, from the office of line, Zook has already kind of alluded to a little bit. Are you also getting that help from the tight ends, too, from that office of line? Yeah, I think uh, Ian and Tommy have been playing excellent football. Um, they've allowed us to run the ball. Um, you know, they don't. we haven't featured them too much in the passing game. They 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 step up as needed. Um, I think one of the, you know, at the end of the day, we, you know, we, we really just needed some more at bats on offense. You know, we had to convert better on third down and then defensively get off the field so that uh, our offense could have had more, you know, more tries and more plays. And um, that's what we'll have to do this week. The, the more opportunities we have on offense, the more explosive we can be. Coach, we saw one explosive play down the field with Christian McCaffrey on that beautiful touchdown. Uh, will we see more explosive plays downfield? I mean, I noticed that that we saw things that were five yards, seven yards, ten yards, that intermediate range, but not going downfield. Well, we got those guys who can run downfield. So will we see a little bit more of that as you guys get comfortable with Cam? Yeah, I don't think it's anything to do with Cam. I just think it's, um, you know, uh, just historically, offensively, we haven't been a very explosive offense. We've been more of an execution offense. Um, you know, w- but, and we want to move in that direction. We want to continue to grow in that direction. So um, as we run the football, as we have all those um, all those opportunities to do stuff like that, um, hopefully that allows us to be more explosive in the passing game. As a staff, you guys have harped on uh, not making you know, self-errors, mistakes that uh, don't beat yourselves kind of things. But the penalties this year, yesterday was basically a wash in terms of the number. And you can't say it, but we could say it. Some of them were not justified, but there were penalties nonetheless, as as it's preached. Uh, but uh, then the numbers uh, continue to, to be there throughout the year. You know, how do you handle something like that when it's both offense and defense and at times special teams where those penalties occur? I just think you just keep coaching it. Um, nothing, nothing um, happens overnight as much as we want it to happen overnight, as much as I, uh, I and the coaches and the players all, we, we don't, we don't want those things to happen. You know, so much of it is just technique. Um, now there's certainly errors in focus, you know, guy jumps off sides, that's focus, but uh, you know, the holding calls sometimes, you know, the tackling penalty, um, those are technical things that we just keep working to get better at. So We've made a lot of improvements on the offensive line. You know, we gave up the last play of the game was a sack. It was our first sack in quite some time. I thought we protected well. I thought we opened run lanes well, but the, the holds did hurt us. So, you know, like anything else, it's it's not about emotion. It's just about technique and improvement. And uh, as we continue to improve and get more fundamentally sound, we hope that you have better and better and better results. Miami this week at Miami. Dolphins coach rule looked like they were were struggling 
a couple of uh, three weeks ago. But they, what have they found? What have the Dolphins dialed into that's got them uh, kind of resurgent at this point? Well, um, you know, they've got some consistency, consistency quarterback now. You know, two is back. Um, and then defensively, they've got an excellent defense, you know, great red zone defense. Uh, they bring pressure. They play man-to-man. They've got three great corners. So, um, you have only begun my – started to begin my, my research, my work on them. But uh, they're an excellent team. Uh, they'll be a formidable foe. We'll have to play much better than we did yesterday in order to win. And, Coach, I'm looking at the, one of the stats, a 45 46% uh, the defense given up on a third down percentage. Is that some place that you might be able to attack as you start to do your preparation? Yeah, I think, you know, we always focus on third down. We have to stay on the field. Um, I think the one thing our, our guys have to understand is it really doesn't matter how teams performed up until our game. It's about what happens on Sundays. And we certainly can't control the opponent, but we can control ourselves. So um, they, they, we've got to go. We've got to go play at a really high level. Well, we know you'll get uh, 100% of every minute uh, that you always put in every single week, but it is a holiday week with Thanksgiving. Do you do you move those hours around in any kind of way with Thanksgiving this week? Uh, obviously, you'll get, again, 100% of all the work in, but do, do you move things around a bit this week at all? Yeah, we let people go Thursday uh, around noon. just means coaches have to work more, uh, you know, Tuesday and Wednesday night. But we'll get everyone out of here Thursday. We can go spend time with their families and, uh, you know, get back at it Friday morning. Perfect, Coach Rule. Thank you for your time as always. Good to catch up with you, and uh, we'll talk to you later in the week you, as coach. you get your team ready for Miami. Thank you, Coach. Okay, thanks, guys. Thanks. Matt Rule, head coach, Carolina Panthers. we got some broadcast roundtable next. We're going to talk to Jeremy Chin on our show, Scott Fitterer as well. It's all part of what we call Panther Talk on this, the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Listening to your favorite Carolina Panthers podcast has never been easier. Simply download the Amazon Alexa app, add the Carolina Panthers skill, and say, Alexa, play Carolina Panthers. Now playing Carolina Panthers. Be sure to also add the Carolina Panthers flash briefing to your morning routine. For more information, visit Panthers.com. This is Panther Talk, brought to you by Bank of America, official bank of the Carolina Panthers. We got to do our part. I mean, the energy in there was electric. I mean, it was it was good juju in there. But characteristics as a team, we got to be better. Third down, got to have it situations. Coach had his, you know, keys to victory that we didn't execute throughout the game. And that's what it pretty much comes down to, you know. I did challenge the fans. The fans came, they saw, and, you know, they supported. And having an atmosphere like that and games moving forward in November, December, you know, it's pretty much going to come down to, you know, execution. And uh, we didn't do that enough as a team. Panther Talk continues on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. I'm going to kind of make a little statement here, get you guys to respond. I love the broadcast roundtable because we can just do whatever we want to do. Top it up. Um, I went decades with no emotion. I mean, I would plan my exit strategy at, hello, my name is Mick. Uh, nothing got to me. But as I've gotten older, my emo- I got zero control over my emotions. I don't know what in the blue heck is going on. Yesterday at Bank of America Stadium, I mean, I felt a tear come. I mean, just the when Cam Newton comes out, stands in that cloud, 
rakes his imaginary suit coat to each side to display the imaginary. I mean, I thought that was just. If I would have had to do be a, if I would have had to broadcast at that moment, I don't think I would have been able to. I thought the atmosphere overall was great, fellas. What did you guys think? Absolutely. Just coming into the stadium, seeing the the buzzing, the the excitement alone coming into the stadium, I, you you heard roars. It, it was so electric, and this the opening drive alone, and I was like, oh my goodness, this is what this town has been waiting for, and so I was just as excited as you, are. and I'm. I'm so hopeful about what the Carolina Panthers can do with the advent of a Cam Newton, CMC, of course, and then knowing that this defense can be stellar. And the one disappointing thing for me, Mick, has been, man, the defense was not anywhere near where they're capable of being. I'm like, I was surprised that the Washington football team could push them around. I, I didn't think that could happen. To a tune of 190 yards and the quarterback throwing for 200-something yards – I would never believe it. It's a league that's all over the place. You know, Buffalo got throttled yesterday. Houston wins. I mean, it's just, every week's got games like that. And um, to get back to the Cam thing, though, I think the part that was that was great. You're right. There was a moment, and it was electric. But it would all have been silly if he'd come out and pumped four interceptions into linebackers and safeties. <laughs> so what I loved his way, he passed the ball – you would expect the timing to be off with somebody who just arrived a week and a half ago, that he would run, he would be athletic, he could throw some checkdowns. I mean, he had zip and was hitting some you know, you know deeper seam routes. Yep. And the McCaffrey thing was a little bit high, but there were four guys around him. It had to be a little bit high to it drop had, it in that bucket. It, it was perfectly thrown. It was, had to be high. And had Christian made a great grab of it. But, I mean, the degree of difficulty on some of those throws and the, the decision-making of when to run, when to pass, uh, as you said on the zone read, you know, when to – when to give it to Christian, when to keep it. Uh, I thought all of that for being here a, such a short amount of time, that backed it up. That made the moment back up at last was the fact that now you could go, okay, I could see that traveling to Miami. I could see that uh, against Atlanta in a few weeks. It wasn't just here's the dry ice show and, mm-hmm. exactly. and we lose 30-3 to three because we you know, just got here and you didn't have time to learn the playbook or something. Great points, both of you. And I think to add to that, Jim and I talk about all the time and, and Jeannie Robb too about just how psychotically unpredictable the league is but you and it doesn't make the world any better today. But you probably would have said twenty-one points. Cam Newton playing that well, you figure that's a win. You don't. Know, I mean, none of us could have imagined the Washington Football Team could have done that with no no turnovers. They just moved it and occupied it. And but they beat Tampa by ten the week before. You beat the Buccaneers and Tom Brady the week before by ten. So it's a again we beat Arizona by three touchdowns. It's it's an interesting league. And uh, it all, Andy Reid was talking about it in the post game of their game against Dallas. You know the, the league's long known, right? It's coordinated to make a parody league out of this and get everybody kind of in the middle and funnel everybody in. Except for every now and then, there's a couple really bad, a couple really elite teams, and uh, there's. 28 in the middle of the other ones that are left. So I think it's um, it's fascinating, and nothing's out. The Panthers are about a half a game, I think, out of the playoffs right now. So go to Miami if you win that one against the team that, by the way, has won three in a row. All of a sudden, the Dolphins are playing good ball. But if you get that one, you're right in 
not only in the thick of it, you might mathematically be in it for the moment. But the defense has to get cleaned up. One, the dirty eyes that we saw in the secondary, the miscommunication. Oh, my goodness, of not knowing we got banjo coverage. Hey, we're going to switch guys. That has to get cleaned up. And then what? another thing, the breaches and when we talked about the wide zone, because you're going to see wide zone again, and then the BCR, bootleg contained reverse, is that sometimes the edges were not there. The backside edge where now the quarterback gets outside the pocket. There's no other guy there to go ahead and, and corral that quarterback back in the pocket. So those things got to get cleaned up, and that's the most disappointing thing I saw yesterday because this was uncharacteristically it was ugly from the way our defense played. Our defense is much, much better than what we saw yesterday. Yeah, those edges were getting pushed in a lot. I noticed oh that a lot, as you Ouch. said, with those those wide zones. Injury updates are brought to you by Ortho Carolina. We mentioned with uh, uh, Coach Rule that Dennis Daly left the game. That was a glute injury, so we'll see you later this week where he is with that. Your personalized orthopedic care begins with the click of a mouse. Schedule your next your appointment. On, I'm not there yet. I'm okay. Schedule your next appointment online at Ortho Carolina. Carolina.com. Ortho Carolina, your care. Your way. I mean, it's just jumping offside. <laughs> there you go. I got a little Give bit. Give him a penalty. <laughs> As we go to I breaks, go I got a little bit taken in uh, by Christian McCaffrey. I thought for a while he was quiet and introspective. He is that, but he's also Chris Farley funny if he's feeling it. Jeremy Chin, the same thing. Would it surprise you to know that Jeremy Chin, there's an extrovert in there somewhere? That would surprise me. Well, you're getting ready. Are there to jokes hear. and limericks <laughs> on the way? What do we have? You're getting ready to hear Pearls it. Pearls or limericks or poetry? Which one? You're getting ready to hear it and hear about it next when we talk to the 21. It's when Panther Talk Pearls. continues on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Go behind the scenes of the Carolina Panthers. Join Kristen Balboni, Darren Gant, and Will Bryan for the happy half hour. Each week, the gang covers all things relating to your Carolina Panthers, both on and off the field. The Happy Half Hour and all our Panthers podcasts are available now on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Alexa. This is Panther Talk, brought to you by Coke, official fan refreshment of the Carolina Panthers. Uh, the energy was great. You know, our fans are great. They came through, supported us super well. You know, we just have to hold up our end and, and finish games. You know, that's that's on us, and we appreciate the fans and that energy. So we got to come out next week and do the best we can to get a win and try to carry the momentum into the next home game. Back to Mick Mixon, Jim Silkey, and Eugene Robinson with Panther Talk on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Once again on Panther Talk, we're very fortunate to have the 21 Jeremy Chin chat with us a little bit. Jeremy, t- uh, take us back to uh, to yesterday. What was that atmosphere like pregame at Bank of America Stadium? Uh, the crowd was great. Uh, well, first off, thanks for having me on again, Mick. Uh, but the crowd was great. Uh, the energy was well. Um, you know, unfortunately, we couldn't finish the job. Uh, but the atmosphere, it was great. It was the best I've seen it. What, what uh, is the Cam effect like? How would you describe uh, what it's like having Cam Newton join your football team mid-year? Yeah, he brings a lot of energy. Um, you know, he brings veteran leadership as well. He's been playing the game for a long time. He has a nickname for everybody. Does he have one for you yet? He doesn't have one for me. Not that I know of. I haven't heard it. It's probably coming if he uh, if he hasn't already. Uh, Jeremy, what, what about the Washington football team's offense uh, put you guys in a bad way yesterday? Uh, I mean, really, a lot of it is us just looking in the mirror. Um, you know, we didn't execute, I mean, really anything throughout the game. We didn't stop the run. They passed the ball whenever they wanted to. But a lot of it came from us, you know, technique-wise, standing in our gaps. Um, you know, communication, you know, I, I could go on and on. 
what is gap control to the people who don't really understand defensive football? When, when they hear uh, staying in your gaps and being disciplined, what does that mean as you see it? Yeah, if I'm, if I'm a guy, um, you know, that has the edge or let's say the D gap, which is outside the tight end, that tight end is going to do whatever he can to get me inside the C gap, you know, get the edge. He's going to try to reach me. So that's, that's gap control. If I control the D gap, I set the edge and, you know, that play gets cut back, whatever. So, I mean, that's gap control right there. Do you guys feel like, especially on the defensive unit, Jeremy Chin, that uh, you guys can fix what went wrong, tighten it up, and make a little push here? Absolutely. Uh, you know, our, our head is still held high. Uh, we know we got to come in and work. Um, you know, humbling, a humbling game for sure, but, you know, we, we've got every goal that we want still in front of us, so we're just going to continue to work and, and make it happen. You know, good thing is we get to play again next week. Jeremy Chin on Panther Talk. Before you came out here to, to talk with me, Jeremy, you were visiting with Phil Snow in the tunnel back here. What What is uh, your relationship with this D coordinator like? Uh, me and Snow are close. Um, you know, he's, he's the guy who brought me in here. So, you know, he's always going to have a special connection just to me, just off, off the strength of that. But, um, you know, I can talk to him about anything. Uh, he's straightforward, which is something, you know, any, any player can appreciate. Um, he coaches me hard, which is something I appreciate. Uh, he he holds me to a high standard, which is which is great because I I hold myself to a high standard as well. So um, anything you have guys around you like that and a coach like that, um, it definitely helps your relationship. So he respects you enough to coach you hard. Does that mean a lot to you? Yes, it does. You um, look at this this defense, Jeremy, and now we're facing uh, Miami coming up. I know it's still early early in the week, but do you follow uh, Miami? Have you ever met Tua, or do you know any of those guys on that squad? No, I don't know any of those guys personally. Um, I, I know a running back. He's from Indy. Uh, I think maybe practice squad, Jared Dokes. But um, I mean, other than that, no, I really don't know anybody personally on the team. Get uh, back to work this week and uh, get ready to go. The bye week will follow that, uh, Jeremy. You, you know, in the college season, you'd already be probably studying for final exams by now. How important is this bye week going to be once you get there to rest and heal up? Yeah, it'll be good. Um, you know, we got the last bye week of the season, so we'll come back after the bye and, you know, finish the season strong. But, um, you know, before then, we're, we're, we're just focused going one another this week in Miami. All right, last thing, we'll let you go. You were a little quiet as a rookie, but uh, you seem like you were fooling all of us because you got a fantastic personality. You could easily hold the microphone and do my job, which is a little unsettling for me. Were you just purposely trying to t- kind of reel it in as a rookie? Uh, no, I wasn't. I wasn't purposely being quiet. I was just kind of, you know, just sitting back and learning, doing a lot of learning. Um, you know, understanding my role, understanding how I can come in and impact this this team, this organization, uh, any way I know how. And I was just coming in, put my head down and working. And um, you know, I'm still the same way. Still put my head down and work. But uh, now I know my voice. People listen to it now, so uh, I speak up. I speak up a lot more. I could see you being a broadcaster, a teacher, a coach, an educator, running for office, being the mayor, the governor. What are your goals after football? Uh, well, thank you. That's, a, that's a, an elite list of, of job opportunities right there. But, um, you know, I'm not sure yet. Maybe coaching. Uh, I'll explore that a little bit maybe maybe in these, these next few off seasons. But, uh, yeah, I'm not sure yet. It's open. Well, you're a treasure to be sure, Jeremy. Thanks again for your time, and good luck this week getting ready for the Dolphins. Yeah, thanks, Mick. Appreciate you having me. Panther Talk continues in just a moment. Panthers Hall of Honor members Jordan Gross and Jake DeLome are back for another season of Jordan and Jake. Each week, Jordan and Jake share their thoughts on Panthers news, take a trip down memory lane, and keep you updated on Jordan's farm and Jake's horses. 
Jordan and Jake. And all our Panthers podcasts are available now on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Alexa. This is Panther Talk, brought to you by Atrium Health, because you deserve to live your best life, and we're here to help. Just not beating ourselves, I think, is the theme you'll probably hear a lot. You know, it's the same every week. I think we're a team that controls a lot of our own destiny, and sometimes we get in the way of that, and that's just got to change. we got to have a sense of urgency this week in practice of not beating ourselves, and that starts... With little things, you know, but at the same time, it's attention to detail. You know, it's 53 guys pointing the thumb at themselves. You know, I believe every single individual affects winning, and I believe I affect winning. So I'll look at the things that, you know, that I did wrong and fix them and move on. That's that's what this game's all about. Panther Talk continues on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Not every show in the NFL gets a regular audience with their general manager. We're honored to have Scott Fitterer join us at this time, every Panther talk. And, uh, Scott, what was the atmosphere like at Bank of America Stadium for, for you and some of your staff? You know, it was a great atmosphere on game day. You know, a lot of energy in the, in the stadium. The crowd was there. They were into it. You know, the first drive, we go down, we score. You know, you feel like uh, this is what it's meant to be right here. And then uh, – you know, unfortunately, we just didn't execute. Um, you know, we let some things get away from us. We didn't uh, convert third downs. And defensively, you know, we didn't play like we've played in the past. So that part was disappointing. But, uh, you know, the fan support was great. Um, it was great being there on game day. I just I wish we would have come through for them. No question. Doesn't ease the pain of the loss, of course. But does an atmosphere like yesterday, give? does it sort of foretell for you what this place is going to be and can be uh, once you get things rolling like you plan to? Oh, absolutely. I'm excited for it to be like that, and it's our responsibility to make that happen. You know, I was here for a playoff game a few years ago with Seattle, and that's the atmosphere that I saw on game day. That's when I, when I came here. I was so excited about this. But um, it, it is. It, it goes back on us and putting a product on the field that the, the fans can support and be uh, proud of. How would you sum up the game? You've already done it a little bit, but how would you sum up the game, Scott, especially in terms of uh, what Washington was able to do offensively to this very proud and stout Carolina D? You know, they didn't do anything to really surprise us. You know, Coach uh, hit some uh, keys during the week, which really held true in the game. Um, Unfortunately, you know, we came out, we got out of our gaps defensively, and they're able to run the ball. Um, that's what, the, that's what they do so well. It's a, it's a physical offensive line. It's a physical running back. And, and the quarterback, like we talked about last week, he's got a little baller to him. He made plays on third down. He kept the drives alive. Uh, he took off and ran several times. And really, you know, that was the hard part about the game is you knew what you had to do, and we just didn't execute it. How did uh, Cam Newton play in your estimation? I thought Cam was really efficient with the ball. You know, he, made, uh, uh, he ran the ball well. Um, I thought he made the right reads on uh, – you know, as far as going through his progressions, um, you know, there was, he didn't make the huge plays. You know, he made a great throw uh, for the touchdown early in the game. He had a nice touchdown run. And that, but for the most part, yeah, I thought he ran the offense well. You know, it's still limited on what he has package-wise. But what he did with that package, uh, he did well. Scott Fitterer on Panther Talk. Before you joined us, we had Jeremy Chin on and uh, an interesting interview with this this athlete. Um, what do you think his ceiling is as an NFL safety? Jeremy can do so many different things. I mean, he's played linebacker. He's played safety. He can, he can cover running backs, tight ends. Uh, he's what the new you know linebacker hybrid safeties are in the NFL. And uh, 
He's a special athlete, and I think, uh, I mean, he's got so much in front of him. He's just scratching the surface right now. But with his work ethic, his toughness, his, his intelligence, all those things, he will be able to reach his potential, and I'm excited where he's going. Fun to talk to him, no doubt. So looking forward now, Scott Fitter, the Panthers go to Miami. What do you know about this outfit down there in South Florida? You know, I, I know they're, they're playing well the last few weeks. They've got, what, three wins in a row. Um, to his back, he was really efficient in the last game. You know, he's an athletic guy, another guy that can run around. Um, you know, they have receive, uh, the running backs are threats out of the backfield as receivers. You know, they have some big-time uh, receivers on the outside. And uh, I know they play hard. And so they're kind of hitting their stride right now. So it's going to be a dogfight on uh, Sunday down there. Last thing for you, we'll let you get back to work. Um, I don't have any science behind this, no data, but it seems as though teams tend to not want to go into the bye week from a loss that uh, that, that, that game gets emphasized in a particular way. Is this something that coaches and front office people talk about at all in the league? You know, I, I don't know if we talk about it. It's, we're such a week-to-week league. You know, we focus on the winning that week. Uh, it, it definitely would make a difference, though, going into a bye week with a win. Um, I think we bounce back well after a loss. We come back, you know, more focused, more just dialed in. But, uh, you know, I, I know we're going to go down there and just we're, we're going to be a different team this Sunday than we were yesterday. Excellent. Good place to leave it with you, Scott. As always, thanks for your time and appreciate your contributions to Panther football. Great. Thank you. As a collector of uh, data, phrases, uh, different things as it relates to football, but yet not having played the game at a high level beyond Pop Warner football, one of the phrases that has always uh, intrigued me is we have to hold each other accountable. I love Hassan Reddick and have really respected him. And I like him even more now because I think, did you guys see his comments? Mm -hmm. I think he's finally explained what this might mean. He said today, and these are, I'm trying to get his words right, but he said, we got veteran guys on this team. We can't be all buddy, buddy friendly anymore. Is any of this resonating with you, Eugene? Fill in the gaps for us. Yeah, it it, it means that he's, he's quietly calling you out. He's quietly saying you got to do your job. And as a veteran, you should know what you're doing. And there shouldn't be rocket science that the academics of football, of what we've been doing all your career, all your life, you should know these things that you shouldn't be pushed out of your gap. Don't forget, that defensive line got destroyed last week. I mean, the other day. Destroyed. They got pushed all across the ball. So imagine you holding down a spot doing your job, and you see a breach over there, and there's a breach here, there's a breach here. So he's saying that quietly, just like we all say, hey, man, do your job, man. And you look at a guy and say, hey, do your job. I got to do my job, you got to do your job. That's what he's saying. And I like it because that, that, he produces. That young man out there flat out produces when he's on the field. And it's collaborative. I mean, there's, there's coaching at all levels. It all matters, whether it's high school, college, pro, whatever. But when you get to this level with these guys getting paid this amount of money, not just NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball. It's a player's league, right? Don't you expect the veteran players to not have to be told and taught? And yes. like, okay, let's go over the whiteboard once again about this. Um, I feel like we hear Coach Rule talk. It's like, we've covered this. And so this is known. And so you expect the veteran players then to reinforce that with the younger players and to do execute essentially what's been laid out, right? So said another way. Sorry, sorry, Zoke. So no, that was my way. last word. This is... Uh, not just players coaching 
uh, or coaches coaching players, but players coaching there's, each other. There's players coaching each other, and players really holding each other to putting their feet on the fire and say, hey, man, you got to do your job. You really got to. There was, I won't name them. Tell, the, ex, tell an example of someone, you holding someone accountable or them holding you in your pro career. Uh, yeah, so uh, Dave Brown. Dave Brown, my mentor, said I was not in the, I was not in the deep third one, at one play, and I was like, and the coach was getting mad at me, and I was like, hey, well, it wasn't my fault. Was it? He said, look, man, you're the free safety. He said, deep is the deepest, wide is the widest. What are you going to do? He said, you're going to either do it or you're not going to do it. I said, well, hey, Dave, I'm all right. I, and he said, no, you either do it or you don't do it. He said, not, you got to get off the field. I was like, really? He said, yeah, <laughs> you got to get off the field because we're depending on you. And that's what I, I depend on you. When I, when, when I give a call and I say I want you in a flat or I want you corner force, it means something because we're trying to go ahead and get BCR contained and reverse, and the corner's going to do it. And if you don't do it when you heard it, what, what do you want me to do? You got, you got to do your job. And, and Hassan, I, I like the way you ball, no doubt about it, because you do your job at a high level. By the way, I would have played football at a higher level had not, as I have told you guys, had not my mother <laughs> – no, not smoked and drank so much during my gestation. <laughs> not the gestation period. Uh, I think when I came out, I smelled like a cigarette. No, it was like, <laughs> okay, he's born. Cleaned up. It was like a Cam Newton. It was like a Cam Newton entrance. <laughs> All smoking. I know music. It's a different. My mother for years. I said, well. Oh, for heaven's sakes. We didn't know it was harmful. <laughs> we didn't know it was harmful. Yeah, and, and surgeon also, general, what, the surgeon general warning right she, on the she, thing. I know. She had a lot of confidence in me, too. <laughs> she was, you'll be just like we were. We all said we weren't going to. I'm not just saying this. My mom actually said that she dieted what she was uh, holding me so she wouldn't get too big. What? You know much, I could have been like 6'2". You could have been 6'2". No. Well, there you go, I swear, man. I should have been 215 pounds. But my mom one time said, she hey, got hey, so hey, tired hey. Of, this is the last thing I'm going to say. <laughs> okay. She got so tired of uh, reading about the ill health effects of drinking and smoking that finally she decided to give up reading. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's, that's how we That was Mick Mixon, everyone. It <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so like a PSA. <laughs> so I want to know, are you on board with Tua? Do you like him? Is he, does he see it and throw, or does he guess back there? We're going to break the Dolphins' offense down when we come back. This is Panther Talk on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Go behind the scenes of your Carolina Panthers with the Happy Half Hour Podcast. Available now on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Panther Talk continues on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Brian Flores, head coach, Miami Dolphins. Bright young coach, up and coming, all that. Uh, and uh, the, But the Dolphins fall on some hard times this year. But have they rediscovered some things, and if so, what? I think it's always about your quarterback. This is a quarterback-driven league, and you have to be settled at that position. And with all the uncertainty around Tua, was he playing, not playing, who's going to bring in, all this stuff, I think that they're settling on their quarterback. And it seems to be Tua, in my, in my opinion. And if he's a guy, I think he's an up-and-coming quarterback who can throw the ball, who can, reminds me of, 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 of Murray, Tyler Murray a little bit. And I, I think he has a head like uh, Patrick Mahomes. Now, you guys disagree a little bit, but I think he's that type of guy. Or oh, he can be that guy. I mean, I'll spend a lot more time on it this week, but just what I've been noticing in his time there is like they're always looking to replace Tua. <laughs> and he gets hurt, and he's not real tall, which they knew when they took him. Um, but I, I feel like he's kind of out there playing on – natural abilities as opposed to reading defenses and and being a true quarterback 
Like Taylor Heineke, I think, gets the most out of his abilities. I think Tua you know, comes with this high pedigree coming out of uh, Alabama and the way that he played at the college level. And uh, it still has to, and I don't think it's, his story's not written yet, but I, th- I think he's still a long way to grow and mature into becoming a pro quarterback that understands defenses and makes the right reads in those kind of situations. He's 23, and that's one of the reasons I want to ask you guys because sometimes when I, and I've watched him a good bit this year, he sometimes just looks like, oh man, left handed ball comes out. He's athletic, can extend the play. Sometimes he looks like he's seeing it, throwing it, that he can make the anticipatory throws, not just a confirmation thrower. Then other times he'll, oh God, he'll just throw the ball. It just makes you think, why, 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 why'd you throw the ball there? It's like, it reminds me a little bit of Jameis Winston that when he's on, he's incredible, but yet he'll, he'll, he'll have the, that ability to make an untimely. A decision at times. You know, I think some of it's dependent upon your your coordinator. I think as a coordinator, you you really kind of protect your guy. In this you give your guy maybe two reads, and you put the cornerback, safety slash linebacker in a pickle based on routes. You're going to run a sprint right option. You know, you got a a flat route with a curl behind it, and based on what the corner does, you throw the opposite route. So I think some of that could be helped by the coordinator helping the quarterback see those reads that he's going to do by limiting how, many, how much he has to take in. Their roster is interesting. They, uh, their depth chart right now features five tight ends, three running backs, five receivers, so a little tight end-centric with what they're working with, two quarterbacks, Tua and then Jacoby Brissett, that I, who I've always liked. I've, I've always liked him, too. Mm-hmm. I've always liked Jacoby Brissett. So let's talk about the Panther quarterbacks when we come back. Is it easier to bring in Cam Newton – for P.J. Walker as opposed to bringing in P.J. Walker for Cam Newton. We'll discuss that and more when Panther Talk continues in just a second. Each week on the Jordan and Jake podcast, Panthers Hall of Honor members Jordan Gross and Jake DeLone share their thoughts on all things Carolina Panthers. Available now on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Panther Talk continues on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Just my opinion, but I want to get your guys' opinion on it. I think Cam Newton is really trying. I think he's been humbled by being out of the game for a while. Yes. And I think that to, to the degree that he's capable of, he's always going to be sort of childlike in his, uh, his, his enthusiasm for his teammates, the game, uh, the crowd, all that. He likes playing around with reporters and batting it back and forth. You're going to have all that. Uh, child of social media, he's used to being a star. And embraces it, but I think he's trying to be a really good teammate. There's no doubt about that. I, watching Cam, Cam's demeanor and, and 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 hearing all the things he says, watching the press conferences, all the thing, I'm like, you no, know, he is definitely trying to become the guy that everybody wanted him to be before when before he left. And I I, I think I see that. I I think there's a humility about him, and and you got to like that. And then. You know, uh, you got more people, I think, rooting for Cam Newton now. I, I really believe you got more people rooting for him as opposed to not rooting for him. I mean, he's developed uh, leadership skills in his career. If you remember his first year, he would he wasn't used to losing at Auburn. He hadn't lost. And so he'd, do, he'd sulk and he'd have a towel over his head and wouldn't talk to anybody. But then his second year, he turned that around and became a captain on this team. And we saw it in the first game in Arizona where he's down there on the bench basically gathering the guys together and rallying the troops on, on the sideline over there. So he's got and he's he's earned over the course of an 11-year playing career you know, leadership abilities, and uh, he won't be a captain right now because of where he joined the team, but he's got those kind of qualities about him. And he's given the offense an identity. 
He really has given this offense an identity. The defense has an identity. The offense was struggling. He has given this offense like something to hang the hand on because it's going to be tenacious. It's going to get after you. Got about 20 seconds, but is it harder to go to the bullpen for Cam Newton than with Cam Newton in the bullpen? Cam Newton is such a, a, a big figure. Is you, always want him in, you always want him out there. And then if you have to bring in P.J., P.J. has shown that he can play. Somebody's got to get the starters reps all week. So you yes. got to prepare one and the other one has to come in. So I, I think I, you're doing what you got to do. I got to, I got to keep Cam in there. Uh, as usual, uh, the sky's not falling, right? I mean, the, nope. some of the goals are still there. And uh, the Panthers will try to go to Miami. That'd be clutch, right? Get a win. Get it. Right before the bye, get to 500 and see. Good show, guys. Thank you, you too, for it. Your part know, was good. No, I thought my part was good. For Jim's. That's Mick Mixon. For Eugene Robinson, for the rest of our crew, it's Mick. Thanks for your time, and we'll see you next week for another edition of Panther Talk.